Hi everyone, welcome to a very special mini little episode of No Such Thing as a Fish. Now, if you remember, last week we said we were about to do a 20-hour podcast with 35 incredible guests, and guess what? We did it. Thank you so much to those people who joined us, the crazy people who stayed up for the whole 20 hours. I don't know what you think you were doing, uh, but anyone who came to any of those sections and especially anyone who donated, thank you so, so much. So far, we have made over £150,000 for comic relief, some of the best causes around the world, but we want to do better. And the way that we can do that is by you guys catching up with all 35 sections because we are putting them on YouTube. This episode that you're about to hear is a little taster of our conversation with Richard Osman, the host of Pointless, House of Games, best-selling author. Really hope you enjoy it. If you want to hear the full thing, you can hear that on our YouTube page, where over the next two weeks, we will be putting up all of the sections, maybe three a day, something like that. And that will be chats with people like Michael Palin, with people like Stephen Fry, Sandy Toxvig, Shapikor Sandy, um, Carrie Mulligan, who you might have heard has just been nominated for a little bit of an Oscar this week. Uh, Richard Curtis. There was an amazing bit where Tim Minchin did a song for us. Honestly, each one of those sections is so much fun in its own way. And the way that you can watch any one of those will be to go to to qi.com slash comic relief. If you're thinking, well, I don't want to listen to those incredibly talented and funny people. I just want to give money to Comic Relief. Well, you can do that as well. And to do that, you go to comicrelief.com slash fish. That will take you to our Just Giving page. And honestly, if you can spare as little as five pounds, it will make such a massive difference to people all around the world, especially in a year when charities have really, really been struggling due to coronavirus. Anyway, I really hope you enjoy this little chat with Richard, uh, and I suppose on with the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. It is time to move on to our next guest. And boy, do we have an exciting one. We have someone who is, I guess, the biggest quizzing personality on TV. Uh, You'll know him from House of Games. You'll know him from Pointless. But just as a sort of side project, he's also become the best-selling fictional author to have a debut book out in the history of books. That's his kind of (laughs) side plate of things that he does. Um, You'll know it as the Thursday Murder Club. We're so excited to have him here for fact number eight. It is Mr. Richard Osman. Hey! How are you? We are good. How is it going so far? We've we've raised £45,000 since going which is very exciting. We had a target of 35,000, so we've exceeded that. And um, yeah, if all your all your fans watching now can, uh, <laughs> can contribute as well, we would be hugely grateful. We'd be on 45,150. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it. Uh, we understand you brought a fact, so it's time for fact number eight, and that is Richard Osman. I have brought a fact, and it's, it's, it's who wants to be a millionaire related for reasons we will get onto. But my fact is uh, the man who wrote the theme tune to who wants to be a millionaire also wrote mistletoe and wine. <laughs> really? Mm. Um, 
uh, a gentleman called Keith Strachan. Um, he's been around for years and years. He's a musician, musical director, all sorts of things like that. Wrote Mistletoe and Wine for a musical, funny enough. Uh, Cliff took hold of it, so he won an Ivan Novello for it. But for years, also wrote theme music for Celador. So we'd do lots of ill-remembered shows like Talking Telephone Numbers. And then, you know, one day he gets the call saying that we're doing this pilot in a couple of days' time. It's this thing called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? We're not happy with the song we've got, which was written by uh, Pete Waterman, Stock Aitken and Waterman, so we're not happy with it. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything you can do? He sat down with his son, put something together, lots of sort of strings and stuff like that. Um, a couple of days later, the pilot goes out. That song's probably made him tens of millions. Oh, really? Or theme tune in the history of television. Did they use the same theme tune around the world? Yeah. Is it? Oh, really? Wow. Shows, Millionaire and, and Weakest Link, one of those shows that was always done as a kit of parts, i.e. if you, oh. buy, you buy the look, you buy the set, you buy the graphics, you buy the music, which isn't always the case. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, every time it's played in America, every time it's played in oh. Afghanistan, uh, Keith Strachan is... Wow. <laughs> that song, like the Millionaire theme, it's not... Melo not that melodic, is it? Well, that's the thing. You couldn't whistle it, right? No, exactly. It's like... Yeah. yeah. But I've, I've heard that you are meant to be able to sing along to it. And I can just about get the... Who wants to be... Wants to be a millionaire? And I don't what? know if I'm singing the right bit to the right... I don't what? think you are with this. <laughs> But what I do know is you've just made Keith Strachan seven and a half pence. So. <laughs> that part of it is based on the musical song Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, isn't it? Um, I think it's the yeah. other part that he... Who that sang that? I, don't, I, I kind of know that song when you say it. Oh, it's I a real know. oldie. It's yeah, like a Cold like from, era. I thought it was from Fiddler on the Roof or something, but someone in the chat will know what it's from, I'm right. sure. Yeah. Huh. It's less slick when you're live. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Normally we have Sandy Toxvig telling us these things. <laughs> this was a podcast. You'd have Anna saying exactly where that came from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't know. We shut down our computers. I have to ring up my mum and ask her the answer to the question. We, yeah. <laughs> Um, th that pilot of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, it, uh, actually, the first episode that went out, I think the pilot was broadcast. Um, it got 46% of the total TV audience at the time. And, uh, I mean, it was it was so huge. Chris Tarrant said the day after the first episode went out, someone shouted at him from a passing lorry, phone a friend, and he said that happened every day for the next 15 years of oh his life. God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. show host. You barely go through three shows without someone looking nervous if they don't know an answer and saying, can I phone a friend? It's the go-to. <laughs> really? like, when you sit in the makeup chair uh, as well, so if you're, if you're a new contestant, you sit in the makeup chair. This is just if anyone ever goes on a quiz. Every single man, nervous of course, sits down and says, short back and sides, please. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one. And this poor makeup artist having to go... <laughs> <laughs> so many people watching who would have been one of those people, oh. Richard, who are just now sort of crying into their. <laughs> but I would do it as well. You know, you're yeah. nervous, and so yeah. Yeah. So, Richard, do you get like people shouting things at you in the street, like Central African Republic, or or what are the things? But no, people always just shout pointless to me in the street. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware that other people walking past who might not know who I am. I've just seen someone pointless out of the window of a van. <laughs> if I get most after pointless, honestly, what it used to, I mean, these days it's, it's, it's the book and it's House of Games, but the thing I, thing I used to get more uh, as much as pointless is people saying, oh, countdown. 
the other guys. Mm, really? Uh, we, the, the, Zandra and I, you know. Who do they? Sorry, Rich. Who do they think? They think you're Susie Dent, or Rich and Whiteley? I think the I, no, I don't think they really think I'm on Countdown. I think you, you have been on Countdown a couple of times, so maybe they just really like that episode. Maybe that episode got hundreds of millions <laughs> of viewers around the world. <laughs> so we want Zander once literally introduced the show. I'm Alexander Armstrong, and welcome to Countdown. There's a so thing, but the reason he did it is because he auditioned for Countdown, and we were genuinely thinking because you know he he's obviously a brilliant comic actor and, and was doing Have I Got News For You all the time. And we thought, oh, he'll never do a daytime show. And then we got some info that he was doing a, an audition for Countdown. And we thought, well, look, if he's up for doing that, then perhaps he'd be up for doing our show. And so literally off the back of that, we thought, let's get him in. And he came in and uh, then, then we had our host. So we have Countdown. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. yeah. If he'll do Countdown, he will do any daytime show. Let's <laughs> What's your favourite um, theme tune, Richard? You must have one. Uh, favorite thing tune is Superstars. I would think from the uh, from, from the seventies. Oh, the sports thing. Uh, it's you know it absolutely. I'm quite bet you know if if they play like theme tunes, if you're watching University Challenge or something, and there's uh, you recognise all of them, but you can. I always think they're from Kickstart. Um, but Superstars is the one. Yeah, absolutely. It's so brilliant. If you if you haven't heard it, have, have a little uh, go and listen to it. Best show ever and best theme tune ever. I learned the other day. Uh, actually, this was a few months ago, but that the Inspector Gadget theme tune and the Mysterious Cities of Gold theme tune and the He-Man theme tune and Jason the Wheel Warriors and Ulysses for people of a certain age were all written by the same guy. Really? called Shuki Levy and he also wrote the Israeli 1981 Eurovision Song Contest entry which I haven't heard but <laughs> must be amazing right because they are absolute everyone is an absolute banger although yeah. Inspector Gadget is just a big old plagiarism the same as Sonic the Hedgehog it's, it's Inspector Gadget goes yeah that's Hall of the Mountain King same as Sonic the Hedgehog uh, he's just slightly changed the timing uh, that's just Hall of the Mountain King. Wasn't he wants to be a millionaire based on Hulse the Planets? Yeah, there's a particular like stab of brass or stab of horns or something that yeah he he, he worked from. I read a cool thing about the uh, Hulse's Planets the other day. I think it was for Neptune. Um, they had the choir that's in the song fade out, but they weren't able to fade it out properly at the time. And so what they did was they had the choir in a different room and they slowly closed the door. No. Yeah. <laughs> and then once wow. it was shut, yeah. What? You know, again, if we uh, were editing this, this might not end up in the final show. <laughs> possibly not true. Do you know what? My favourite um, theme tune, because of a fact, is the Seinfeld theme tune. Now, I've always... I've always loved it because I love Seinfeld and the stand-up moment at the beginning. So for anyone that doesn't remember it, it's like, bass line, uh, but it was done on a synth. What I didn't realise was that for the first, I think it must have been eight series, that theme tune was re-recorded for every single episode because, and it makes total sense, Seinfeld is doing stand-up. There are different beats to where his joke is going to land each time. So this guy used to get sent the footage of the latest stand-up bit going at the front of Seinfeld, and he would live jam the theme tune for every single episode to put all those moments in when he could see Seinfeld coming to a beat in the joke. 
It's something like 200 episodes that he rewrote it for he every single time. He must have got tired of that tune. Could you tell at the end it was losing some of its vigour? <laughs> <laughs> That's like when uh, the circus, when you used to see dancing horses dancing to the music. And you think, how do they get the horses to dance to the music? They don't. They play the music to match whatever the hell the horses are doing. But Seinfeld is the horse in that really? scenario. Yeah. Is that true? Oh. Andy, I can't believe you've just ruined that magic for children in the 1950s. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you went to the circuits, but still. My favourite theme tune is also the most well-known piece of music in the UK, apparently, according to a 2000, and I think it was a 2008 poll, actually. EastEnders? Correct. Must be EastEnders there. And that beat God Save the Queen into number two. But I didn't realise, very niche EastEnders fact, it has a spin-off called Julia's Theme, written by one of the EastEnders uh, creators. And that's when, you know, when you get an ending, which is a bit more poignant, and it doesn't really suit the boom, 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 boom. And then Julia's Theme comes in, and it comes in about once a year. Uh, wow. Really? So if you get a Julius theme, that must be a big moment as an EastEnders right, right. actor. Of course, Anita Dobson had a, had, a, had a big hit. They put lyrics to the EastEnders theme tune, Anyone Can Fall in Love. And Anita Dobson, who's Angie, had a hit with it on top of the pops and all sorts of things. Back in those days, you had A-sides and B-sides. And I wonder what the B-sides of that must have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, um, if you used to watch Bullseye back in the day, at the very end, they would throw the darts and try and win the big prize. And if they won the prize, they would have the theme tune. And if they lost the prize, they would have the same theme tune, but in a minor key. Oh! <laughs> a little bit slower. So good. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so amazing. Love it. So we sometimes they release the, the themes and they, they chart. Um, hmm. Can you think of the highest charting TV theme tune ever? It's got to be a kid's show, right? It's got to be like Barney or yep. Builder. Or... I've got two for you right here, I bet. Theme from Match was number one. Suicide is Painless. Yeah. And another number one with Eye Level, which I think was Van Hawk. So there's a couple um, for you right there. Okay. I've got an answer for you all anyway. Um, and it's going to divide opinion. It's going to divide the room because you've named a lot of songs that went to number one. So it's clearly a dead tie. But... A million people uh, in 1997 bought the Teletubbies theme tune. I believe that's uh, in the UK. I so, was, one. I was right. one of them. Really? Yeah. Were you? Yeah, I own that. See? Um, I was a yeah. student at the time. And that's that was the demographic oh, for the show. So much. it was... Um, yeah. um, but Bob the Builder was... Which Dan, I think Dan mentioned. Yeah, I said Bob the Builder. Bob the Builder not only had a, a huge number one hit, I think second only to Teletubbies, um, but Bob the Builder released a version of Mambo Number no. 5, which also sold 400,000 copies. So, sorry, did Bob the Builder rewrote Mambo Number no. 5? Yeah. Mm. And change the lyrics because it's no, so non child friendly. The lyrics are the same. It's all about women bobbing and seduced. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sexy man. Everyone's got to build a fantasy, you know? Right? Yeah. Okay, so on Ma- Mambo number five, that was the theme tune to something else, um, which I always love this fact. That was a theme tune to one of Bill Clinton's Democratic conventions <laughs> in the early 90s. And it was it was set to be like the proper walk-in, walk-out music until someone pointed out at the last minute that it did contain the line, a little bit of Monica in my life. <laughs> I mean, that's wow. That's an oversight, wow. isn't it, you know, from the you know interns? Lou Bega? Yeah. 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 Do, do you know where he's from? Mm, I do. Oh, damn. <laughs> he's German, isn't he? Lube. He's German. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't know he was... Did, you, did any... All right, can we count Richard out for a second? Did uh-huh. you guys know he was German? 
I don't fully well, know who he is. Well, he's the I, singer of Mambo Number no. Five, which sounds like a very Latin song. It doesn't sound yeah. like a you know a Calvinist uh, rhythm. Mambo Number no. Funf, though. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those names, what I've never thought about. A lot of those names are quite Germanic. There's Monica, Angela. You know, they're quite unusual names, but Helga. <laughs> a little bit of Brunhilde yeah mind. yeah I think I know the oldest theme tune in the world oh. hands down is almost a thousand years old the arches mm. um that's I mean it's correct he's won the money what is what prize does he get a tea towel or something it's the arches oh really I was yeah. saying the arches is a very old show and it was a weird question because the joke answer is the same as the real answer in this case. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that was spotted by Howard Goodall in um, The Story of Music. And he pointed out that there's a 12th century piece, which is a Gregorian chant. It was written, we think, in about 1198. It's Widerant Omnes or Widerant Omnes. And he is right. If you listen to it, it is very similar to... Da, 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 da. It's a little bit more... but it's there isn't that exciting and then it sort of stuck around as a theme in various tunes through the centuries and rocked up in Prokofiev at the start of the 20th century and then got into the archers do any of you I know one of you knows this who wrote the theme tune for 8 out of 10 cats Ooh. Rich, that was it it was one of the cats wasn't it it was (laughs) someone from one of my favourite bands Oh, uh, oh, Steps. So, um, uh, no, a band not as good as Steps. Yeah, okay. <laughs> next best. It was Richard's oh. brother, Matt Osman from Suede. Oh, really? oh no way! Yeah, your that. brothers in Suede. Why didn't we get him on? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, if you want. That's yeah. cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he? he? He did that, and, it, and uh, with with a guy called Alex Lee, who was in Strange Love and Suede, now is in Florence and the Machine. Uh, and yeah, they put that together. It, it's fascinating because he you know, still makes money out of it today, obviously. And Cats does Countdown, which by and large is the Countdown theme music, but then continues with uh, the yeah. drums from Cats. But because it continues with that, he still gets money for it. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Really? The guy who does Weakest Link makes millions, millions upon millions upon millions. So yeah. we, we all know everyone knows that's the key is to write a jingle that's used as a theme tune and no one can ever do it it doesn't always work though so for example in 1973 i love this fact the theme tune to last of the summer wine was released as a as a pop single uh, pop wow. well yeah. certainly on it was released into the singles chart and i say into the chart it did not chart um <laughs> yeah i just think that's adorable um ronnie hazelhurst Richard, I imagine you know his name. He sure. he came up with so many theme tunes. He was the BBC Light Entertainment music director. Um, so I'll just list a few. Are You Being Served, uh, Reggie Perrin, Yes Minister, Some Others Do Have Them, The Two Ronnies, Blankety Blank, Generation Game. You could spend a whole evening watching BBC output and he would have done pretty much the whole thing. But uh, after... Oh, and he conducted the British and Eurovi- the British Eurovision entry seven times in a row. You know, great, great figure of musical composition. But after he died, it, several of his obituaries mentioned this amazing fact, which is that he also wrote S Club 7's Reach. <gasps> well, well, no, hang on. He didn't. He absolutely didn't. Of course well, that's he didn't. that's all I'm going to remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it had just been banged up onto his Wikipedia page. And, the, you know, the Times, the Independent, the Guardian, all these papers just sloshed it right into oh, their obituary. That's he great. did not write Reach. Of course, they wrote all their own stuff, didn't they, S Club 7? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alan, Alan Hawkshaw did Countdown too. 
Ah. And he, it's really nice. Whenever you listen to Countdown, the theme tune is the sound of students being given grants because the royalties from it go to underprivileged students at Leeds College of Music. If you listen to Cats Does Countdown, you know that 50% of the money is going to underprivileged students and the other 50% <laughs> is going into my brother's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well we do need to wrap up thank you so much Richard we've we've been dying to talk to you as a foursome uh, for a long time so this is this is a big moment for us and can I can I just say from everybody what you're doing it sounds like oh no it's just a laugh isn't it 35 minutes 35 people um to do what you're doing is incredibly difficult you know just you know and i know you're doing it all through the night and stuff like that you know you're brilliant we all know that and week after week you turn out this incredible podcast uh, and to do 35 interviews of 35 minutes each i doff my cap to you everybody i please 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 donate because this is four incredible people doing an incredible thing couldn't be more of a pleasure to be uh, invited on it. Thank you, an honour as well. And listen, good luck. I should be, I should be watching, not the whole thing. <laughs> so thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you for those kind words. Uh, Richard Gosman, everyone. And we will be back in just a few minutes' time with our next guest for fact number nine. It is Sue Perkins. Stay tuned. Okay, that's it. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, like Dan and Richard said, there is a very quick way that you can give money right now to Comic Relief, and that is to go to comicrelief.com fish, and that will take you to our Just Giving page. And if you want to watch all of the sections that we did with all of the amazing people, those videos can be watched three a day at qi.com slash comicrelief. We'll be back again on Friday with a normal show. <laughs> <laughs>